Welcome to Saltivation. The Saltivation Show is a podcast series featuring the leading voices in salt, where we talk about the issues and strategies to help you make sense of state and local tax. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another installment of Saltivation by Tax Ops. So we uh, uh, we had a situation come up that I thought we can we can quickly cover um, on this video. Uh, I had a client proactively contact me. They were about to register with various uh, secretaries of state uh, where they had employees, and uh, it, it's it, it was interesting because that was a proactive approach where they actually reached out to see if there was going to be any any state tax ramifications to that decision to to do those authorizations to transact business with the SOSs, and that generally doesn't happen proactively. So I was pleasantly surprised, and we had a really nice discussion about about what the ramifications to the state would be if that happened, and and also vice versa, what what would happen if if that didn't happen. So it, it was nice, and I thought we could we can talk about some horror stories about departments within the company not talking to each other, uh, whether it be IT placing some sort of hardware in the state and not telling finance or tax, or whether it's HR, you know, having an employee uh, hiring a new employee in the state, remote employee, and um, and not telling tax or uh, or finance to you know create tax accounts or or legal going ahead and, and registering with the secretary of state or you know any other horror stories that that we've kind of seen and, and the ramifications that have resulted as for, from those decisions. So anyone anybody want to share a horror story? <laughs> Stacy. <laughs> Um, well, and this one actually Tram was involved in because uh, one of our clients, they were bidding on a contract in the state of California. And unbeknownst to us, uh, they had to register with the Secretary of State in California in order to even bid on that contract. And we knew that they had previous California presence and owed some tax in California. This was from an income tax perspective. Luckily, what they sold was not subject to sales tax. But for income tax purposes, we knew that they'd had a prior presence. And so we were looking at their exposure, looking at what our options were for remediation, and then come to find out they had already registered with the Secretary of State. And as many people may know or not, you are unable to do a voluntary disclosure in the state of California if you're registered with the Secretary of State. What California does though have, which was nice, not every state has this, is they have a voluntary compliance program where we, so it's works similarly to the voluntary disclosure, um, doesn't have maybe quite the all the really good kind of conditions as a voluntary disclosure, but it's actually still pretty good. Um, and so we were able to get them into the voluntary compliance program as opposed to the voluntary disclosure program and get them cleaned up. They still owed some penalties just because that program is not, like I said, as nice as the VDA. But um, we were still able to you know, have some success there. That's obviously California. Not every state has that. So that's a horror story of getting registered with the Secretary of State, at least in one state. So I don't know if anybody else has any others. Well, and I think from a company interdepartmental perspective, Stacy, didn't you and Alex have to, you know, during COVID, uh, one of our clients had an employee move. They didn't tell anyone. And so the withholding was wrong for yes. local purposes. And so we had to go back and file like amended W-2s, true up withholding, get some money back from, 
the original residency state and give it to the other state, but where it maybe was a bigger issue because wasn't there some stock comp issued? So like maybe the the tax was more significant that just got messed up because someone decided not to, you know, there were multiple parties involved, right? Like the employee moved and didn't tell anyone. Okay, so finally payroll got involved, but didn't tell all of these other branches within the company. And then yeah. we had to come in and get paid to fix it. Yeah, yeah and I, I think that that is really common. And obviously, yeah. as we've come out of COVID, companies are still fairly agnostic about where they hire and or allowing employees to move around whether they know it or not. <laughs> and so that's where the issues will arise. And maybe payroll is not getting notified about it until that employee goes to file their personal income tax return. And they're going, oh, my W-2 has withholding from this state, but I live in this state and I'm trying to file my return in new state. And I don't, it's not matching, right? So that's where those things are coming up. And unfortunately, some of the companies are behind the eight ball when it comes to that. Yeah, and not to kind of keep kicking the, the payroll dog um, or a horse, whatever the expression is in this case. <laughs> it can be whatever I want because I just made it up. <laughs> so, but uh, we, we had a situation where recruiting wasn't even talking to HR correctly. Uh, recruiting was setting new hires up in, in the system unknowingly mapping the new hires to the nearest office location, uh, which, you know, in this case happened to be Texas. So there was there's no personal income tax in Texas. And these employees were working remotely from home and recruiting didn't know that that their home needed their home state needed to be set up as the work from jurisdiction. So HR didn't realize this until uh, in, in some cases several years down the road. And then the employees apparently didn't know or didn't communicate or anyway, it was a there was a, a several levels of failure in communication here, but uh, but that that was a pretty decent mess to clean up and remap everybody. Uh, it was you know obviously a very remote employee heavy company, especially during COVID uh, times. So uh, there was a lot of cleanup to do in this case. So that's just another failure of, of communication between departments. One something um, else that it had sparked that kind of as we were talking is we had an incident that came to you know sales tax and the sales person making an adjustment such that they decided to kind of pick it up at the dock hand deliver it to you know the destination for the client that they were going to visit which was then going to be somewhere else for use and so it was like okay well the the PO said that we were going to ship this to Texas, but you picked it up from from Colorado, but then took it to New Mexico instead, and didn't come up until you know someone was doing a refund, and it was like, oh well, you charged Texas sales tax when actually this was you know for a New Mexico project, but it was picked up and but it was technically docked in Colorado. So salespeople, we off we often find you know. Accounting people get picked on a lot, but you know the repercussions of that is sales kind of does whatever they want to do to get the sale in and kind of do workarounds within the system to make it happen that really have an impact on finance and tax for sure. Oh no, I definitely the the client that I'm currently helping. I think that happens probably more often than not. So the salespeople actually 
kind of do a disservice to the finance and accounting group because they either don't get the right information to properly provide the the departments, you know, the appropriate information to even charge the right tax, you know, in the right jurisdiction, kind of what you're saying, or at all. So I think we've seen instances where salespeople don't get addresses or they get something, but it's not the right address. And so that screws up the sourcing um, for many things, the sales tax, the income tax. So definitely some huge issues. Well, and just to kind of circle back on kind of the payroll, right? Like, obviously, like when we've got people moving around, it's not just payroll that we have to worry about. We have to worry about the income tax. We have to worry about the sales tax. And so the payroll can be very messy, but then we need to know or finance needs to know and then work with us or their provider then to make sure that all the other accounts are set up and all the filings are set up properly. So there's just a domino effect of mm-hmm. some of these, you know, the physical presence and also layering in then where the sales take place. Yeah. So let's let's take a quick step back then um, and kind of give the high level here um, interdepartmental communication at the company, right? Because recruiting, HR, IT, finance, tax, all of these departments have as as their regular business activities, right? Uh, as they're part of their daily function, and they can make decisions that affect state tax obligations. And then if those decisions are made without the proper steps being taken, you know, to, I mean, most obviously to, to have, get a state account, right? Either a sales tax account or an income tax filing or a secretary of state, some, some kind of, you know, governmental departmental licensure. Then what happens on the government side is that they start data mining each other, right? And we've seen that where, you know, where, where one department will data mine another department and, you know, Secretary of State, again, being kind of an obvious one. The Department of Revenue, well, maybe annually, I, I don't, I'm sure every state has a different frequency for doing this, but let's say annually they, they pull a report that says, you know, what are the new licensures that happened this year, you know, and then they cross-reference against a sales tax license and then they'll send you a love letter. Um, hey guys, we noticed that you have authority to try to transact business. Um, why are we not seeing sales tax returns from you or income tax returns, right? Or here's a giant Jeopardy assessment for $500,000 because we extrapolated the fact that you declared $20,000 of payroll for one person in our state. And somehow that means you owe $500,000 of income tax. Yeah. And those numbers are typically nonsense, but you're always, you're caught on the heel to try to defend. And they're very, and they tend to be very big to scare you. Yeah. Right. They get your attention for a reason. Well, thanks for chatting that through, guys. Yeah, glad you had a success story. Yeah, I feel <laughs> yeah, like we have a lot more of the uh, the opposite. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's turn that around, guys. <laughs> right? All right. We're, we're here for a reason. We're here, for, we're here to help. That's All right. right. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended, nor should it be relied upon as legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. You should consult with a competent professional to discuss specifics of your situation and the applicability of the information presented.